I speak with you this morning in the presence of God and in the presence of the beloved people of God. Amen. When I was here over Easter in 2016, René Bourset introduced me to some tomato seeds. These were very special tomato seeds. They were developed by the University of Florida in reaction to the kind of tomatoes we normally find in the grocery stores in North America. They were developed to restore some of the traditional flavors to the tomatoes from a hybrid of heirloom tomatoes. They grew well with juicy, beautiful tasting fruit. And so I saved some of the seeds for next spring. And the seeds did well, except I learned that with hybrids, Hybrids don't reproduce hybrids. They tend to be recessive, and so they produce some of the original varieties from whence they came. Well, that sold me on heirloom tomatoes. So since then, I've been trying all different types. Now, this year includes yellow brandy wine, red sugar cherry tomatoes, and some black cherry tomatoes. When I started out, I had no idea that there were so many different varieties. Well, so why am I telling you all this this morning? Well, it's because the Gospels are written and given as a gift to the church in order to plant the seeds of faith in the hearts and minds of those who hear and read and pray them. And in today's Gospel that we just heard, Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. He is, of course, speaking to the disciples in these final chapters of the Gospel, and he's preparing them for a life beyond the cross. Will the seeds that he has planted in their lives bear fruit? Will all his teaching, his mentoring and conversation, will his compassion for the poor and his healing work come to fruition as they faith the cross together and all that it will bring? And through the pages of John's Gospel, Jesus is also speaking to all disciples, to all who have been called into the community of the church and into communion with himself. At the end of John's Gospel, we find these words, all these things are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, wait for it, through believing, you may have life in his name. What an extraordinary thing to say about the Gospel, that these are written that you may believe and have life in his name. And the fruit of the way of Jesus that is revealed in today's gospel is the fruit of a life lived with love. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. I don't need to tell you that there are many 
forms and definitions of love circulating in our culture today. There is much around us that masquerades for love. So what about the self-giving love that is the heir of Jesus' life and the grace of his Holy Spirit? How does that particular love that Jesus refers to and is revealed in his life grow in our lives? Well, there's a beautiful pattern for the Christian life that is found within the chapters of John's Gospel. It begins with ordinary people leading ordinary lives. Some have been attracted to the phenomenon of John the Baptist, and others are looking after their boats on the shore of Galilee. Some might be mowing their lawns in their own neighborhoods. John the Baptist's disciples are standing with him when he sees Jesus, and the Baptist says to them, Look, here is the Lamb of God. And they stand staring for a moment, perhaps for several moments, and then as their curiosity mounts, they turn to follow Jesus. And we have a most wonderful exchange, you'll remember it. When Jesus sees them, he turns and says to them, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? And they reply non-committally, well, where are you staying? And then Jesus gives a most tantalizing response. He looks them in the eye and says, come and see. Come and see. It's an invitation to all who look to Jesus from a distance and are curious to know more. And it is the very first step in the Christian way. Come and see. We see this play out again as Jesus goes to Galilee where he calls Philip and Nathanael. They are moved by the way he reaches out to them and so they too follow. And as they begin their journey with Jesus, they begin by seeing Jesus from the edge of their lives as spectators, if you like, and move closer. It's the way many begin this journey wanting to more, know more about this figure we've heard about on our horizons. And so th those first disciples take a step closer because they want to learn of him and from him. And as they do, they move from being a spectator to becoming a disciple. They move from that place of distance to a closer place alongside him. Because that's what disciple literally means. It means one who learns. And so the second step on this Christian way is the way of the disciple. This time learning from and with Jesus. You know that the disciples walked the hills of Galilee with him and they would follow him to Jerusalem to the upper room and to the foot of the cross. And ever since, Christians have walked in the company of the faithful community through the waters of baptism and in the immersion in the scriptures. And they've drawn close to him in the table sharing of bread and wine, in the very communion of his body and blood poured out 
for them. And the learning with and from Jesus never ends, you know that, continues our whole lives. Some seeds grow quickly, some we wrestle with for a long time in our own lives. Some take years to come to fruition. Once a disciple, always a disciple. But somewhere along the way in that journey, the learning becomes giving. The receiving becomes giving. And ministry, and it turns to ministry and service. I'm aware of how many of you serve here in so many ways. When I wandered in this morning, this place was a flurry of activity. And I know it doesn't stop with Sunday worship. And the disciples are sent forth with the very mission of Jesus. They become apostles. And so for Christians growing in faith, discipleship turns into ministry as one's gifts are offered for Christ's service in the church and in the world. And we too are sent as members of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. That's what it means to be apostolic, to be sent. You will relate to this. I'll never forget uh, being at a retreat for the House of Bishops when Rowan Williams, then Archbishop of Canterbury, was leading. And he said, I speak to apostles. He said, you'll all know that that means someone who's sent. And then he said, And when you're sent, you know you're not home very often. (laughs) I suspect that's true for many of you in your life of service. I love the name of the program that's offered through our diocese and it's alive here at All Saints. It's meant to give adults an opportunity to study the scriptures more deeply, to reflect theologically on their lives, to look at the history of the church. And as many of you know, it's called Education for ministry. Not simply education, but education for ministry. Not simply an opportunity to learn things, but learning for a purpose. Education for ministry. In the gospel, Jesus gives his disciples a commandment to love one another as he has loved them. And so as Christians grow in faith, they too become ministers servants for Christ as the seeds of the gospel start to come to fruition in their lives. A beautiful movement. And so the third movement on the Christian path unfolds. The disciples, the learners, become servants of Jesus, following his teaching, responding to the crowds, gathering loaves and fishes to feed the hungry, calling the lost and the vulnerable. There are so many beautiful servants of Jesus whom we meet every day in our communities of faith and throughout the world. Whether they receive recognition or simply serve quietly, Christians are a beautiful force in our world, an extraordinary beautiful force like yeast in a loaf, like seeds producing fruit-bearing plants. We see acts of compassion, a caring for others. We hear voices for justice. We hear songs of praise. 
we see celebrations of beauty in God's world. As St. Paul teaches us, there are many forms of service and many gifts, yet one Lord. As you mark 125 years as a parish this year, it's good to reflect on the difference this congregation has made in many individual lives and also in the life of this city over a very long time. Enjoy some of that harvest as you reflect on 125 years of service in the name of Jesus in this place. Seeds scattered and sown by many servants of Christ. Well, and then, for many, this is where the Christian journey kind of comes to the top of the mountain. But in today's gospel, Jesus offers a fourth and deeply personal step on the way of Christ. He says, I do not call you servants any longer, but I have called you friends. One of the worries I have in the church is that we are very active. And so one of the saddest things is when we see parishioners burn out because of all the work they're doing. Servants can become tired and weary. But in this fourth step, Jesus says, I do not call you servants any longer, but I've called you friends. A beautiful fourth movement of moving into a deep friendship with Jesus. He has taught his disciples all that he can while he's with them. And soon on the cross, he will give himself entirely for them. As John says in another chapter, he loved them to the end. In the intimacy of the upper room, and in the intimacy of the sacrament of bread and wine, Jesus gives himself. He serves them. He washes their feet and feeds them with his very body and blood. And so he continues to feed and nourish us. Within and beyond the distance of the spectators, within and beyond the hours of learning, within and beyond the years of service, comes the sustaining and grace-filled gift of his very self. And the seeds of the gospel, planted through the centuries, continue to come to fruition. The ancient seeds of the heirs of the gospel find fresh soil in the hearts and minds of those who become the body of Christ. Year after year, generation after generation, in the church and in Christ Jesus. Today, as we receive Catalan and Matthias into the Anglican Communion, we rejoice in the journey that brings them here, and we stand with them as we affirm our own journey with Jesus and reaffirm our baptismal promises. Catalan and Matthias, welcome to this community of faith, this branch of the wider ancient church. May the joy of Jesus be always in you, and may your joy be made complete. Abide in his love, and so continue to bear good fruit, 
fruit that will last. Amen.